This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. ByHeart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, ByHeart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. In addition to its patented protein blend, their formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey to casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system and makes it an easy-to-digest formula. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code Dr. Nicole for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now let let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. In this episode, you're going to hear about Mary Ellis' experience with postpartum psychosis. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 196. I am so glad whether you are a new listener or a return listener that you are spending some of your time with me today. 
So this episode is a bit out of order in the sense that I just had a birth story episode last week. However, with the recent story of Lindsay Clancy, I thought it was important that we talk about postpartum psychosis today. If you haven't heard, Lindsay Clancy is a mom in Massachusetts who strangled her three children to death. And then she tried to commit suicide. As a matter of fact, she's a paraplegic now as a result of her suicide attempt. And it's suspected that she suffered from postpartum psychosis. And in this episode, we have Mary Ellis sharing her experience with postpartum psychosis. We actually recorded this episode back in the fall, but there were some audio issues. So we had to record it again. And I'm actually grateful that we got to record it again, because I think she added some additional context and details that really give a complete and full picture of her experience with postpartum psychosis. So you're just going to learn quite a bit from this episode today. Now, just a quick overview. This was her first pregnancy, first baby. She had a pretty normal, healthy, uncomplicated pregnancy. She did have an unplanned C-section, but otherwise things were pretty straightforward. And then about a week after her baby was born, she started to feel quote unquote, a bit weird. She subsequently was diagnosed with postpartum psychosis, and she's going to share all of those details about that journey in the episode. Now, I'm going to give it away that she is doing well. Now, today she's doing great. She was checked into a mental health facility for six days when the diagnosis happened. She has subsequent therapy and treatment, and she feels like herself again and is doing well. But you're still definitely going to want to hear the details of how she got to that point today. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Mary Ellis about her birth story and her experience with postpartum psychosis. All right. So Mary Ellis, thank you again for coming onto the podcast again. (laughs) The first time we recorded, unfortunately, the audio wasn't great, but your story is so, 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 so important that we really need to talk about it. So I'm glad that you came back so we can do a take two. I'm so glad to be here and talk about this and just raise awareness about it. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you start off by telling us a bit about yourself and your family? So um, I am from Puerto Rico, um, but I live in Florida. Um, I only have one baby. She's a year old now. She just turned a year old. And um, first pregnancy, first birth, first everything, first time mom, everything. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And um, you said you're from Puerto Rico, but you're where now? Florida. Florida, Florida. Okay. All right. All right. So let's talk about, in order to understand the birth, and really we're going to be talking a lot about your postpartum period, but let's talk about what was your pregnancy and your prenatal care like? So pregnancy was just very smooth, nothing, no nausea, no crazy cravings, nothing, no issues at all. Um, I had a little bit of a high thyroid, but that was about it. Um, And I was on medication for it. Uh, I feel like I was kind of stressing out a little bit, maybe like towards the end. I was like, I don't sure. have everything ready. Right, right. <laughs> I'm the same right. person I have, like, want everything like a certain way, like the nursery and everything. So mm-hmm. that was just gotcha. a lot in the third in the third trimester. Gotcha, gotcha. And did you see a 
Midwife or physicians? It was a midwife. Midwife. Okay. And you were overall happy with the care that you received? Yes. I was very happy yeah. with the care I received. They were, they were incredible. Good, 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 good. So what did you do to prepare for your birth? So I was taking um, birthing classes. I uh-huh. was doing um, um, hypnobirthing. That's what it's called, hypnobirthing, that kind of gotcha. thing. I was preparing to do everything natural. I had no intentions on doing an epidural. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would I was doing what ended up happening is I was doing the night. Was it nitrous or something? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was doing that for a got while. It. Got it. Got it. And what are some things that you wanted for your birth? I just wanted, I definitely wanted skin to skin, um, Uh plate cord clamping. I just wanted it to be very intimate and just, well, it was in the hospital anyway, so it's not like we could have a lot of people there, but um, her father. Gotcha. 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 So let's talk about then what was your labor and your birth like? I got to the hospital when I was four centimeters dilated. Okay. But yeah, that kind of gave me a kick. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And how far along were you? I was 40 weeks and five days. Okay. So five days past your due date. Okay. Okay. But it was, you know, my first birth. So apparently that's normal. And so if she wasn't going to come the day after, they were like, oh, like, we're going to start, like, induction. And I was like, no, 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 no. I want natural, natural, right. natural. And they were like, well, right. hey, I mean, she can't stay in there forever. <laughs> like, let's wait, let's wait. <laughs> and um, I was on nitrous. It's kind of stopped working, so they put me in the shower. Um, Did that help? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. It helped, it helped. Yeah. I was like, I okay. have to be, like... I don't know how many centimeters, but I have to be almost ready to push because if I'm at right. step four and I feel like I was in here forever, I must be ready. Right. So I right. go out and then I'm only at six. Okay. And um, we waited like another hour. I was still at six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We waited another hour. I was still at six. And I was like, okay, um, give me the epidural. Give me the epidural. Okay. Some things, I mean, clearly something's not right there. So the sure. epidural, then a few hours later, I was at nine centimeters. Okay. I was able to take a nap. So I took a nap and then, and which, which, which often helps. Yeah. 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 So I took a yeah. nap and then I was, I was at nine centimeters for like, I don't know how many hours, like uh-huh. four hours or so. And I was right. And then let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. Like she's coming. I'm like over here, like trying to force her out. I'm like, you know, like, <laughs> going crazy i'm like no no she's coming she's coming and they're like well, right she doesn't come in the next 30 minutes we're gonna have to get you a c-section sure and i was like no i was cr- when i heard that news i was just crying oh. crying crying oh. i do not want to do that i was like no right. i want to be natural like i want to push her out you know whatever but um she had other plans her head was like tilted a little bit um she couldn't get out which was terrible you know because i was just like having her stuck in there and I just felt right. horrible like for waiting that long in the first place. I was just like, I should have just got the, the C-section when they told me. Oh, well you couldn't have known. I know. I know. I just, but I was feeling bad in my head. I'm just like, oh, sure, so many sure. stressors that were going on. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, we had a C-section. Everything was fine. I breastfed her for the first time. It was just perfect. Oh, and how did the C-section go? Was that pretty straightforward? Pretty and... straightforward. Amazing okay. doctor, the smallest incision. It was just, okay. he did such a good job. It was, it was, okay. it was a lot of fun, actually. I was, like, laid out on no. the table. They let me um, play, like, my own music, and I was just, like, nice. on the table, like, dancing. 
Okay. <laughs> it was a lot of so they, everybody was like, oh my God, I love your music. Like, you're, you know, right. it, it was fun. It was a good time. Okay. What kind of music were you playing? We have oh to know. God, it, was a, it was a whole mixture of stuff like Spanish music. Uh-huh. I don't know, like Little Wayne, like just, uh, everything, everything. I it created was like, this playlist for birth that was every uh-huh. song that I've ever memorized. Like, right. every song that I like know every lyric to, that's what I want right. to sing so that I can be distracted while I'm giving birth. Uh, but, um, that's a smart idea right i was just like okay i'm gonna be in another world i'm just gonna be uh-huh. in my head like somewhere else like hopefully like this is a good distraction which it was when i was getting right. i was like you know like having great old time he was like do you feel them um do you feel them do you feel something and i was like yeah i feel like i feel something like something there's like something going on down there and he was like yeah um they're just drawing a smiley face on your stomach um a little house a little stick figure and i was like really <laughs> I'm like, for real? Can you take a picture of it so I can see? The whole time they were cutting me open. Yes. And I was just like, oh, it's done? I was like, literally, I'm right. like, it, it's done? And he was like, yeah. Right. Like, I was like, that was a good distraction. Like, you did a good job distracting me. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that it, was good. Good. it was a good C-section. It was fine. Um, But I had a little bit of stress because my parents were here from Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and some other family, my grandma and stuff. And they were leaving, like, I think it was, like, two or three days after. So I was kind of, like, rushing to get out of the hospital, kind of. Sure, sure. So, you know, I was just like, I was like, I'm good, doctor, I'm good. Which I was good. I was fine. But it's just, you know, I, I could have stayed longer, I feel like. I, I shouldn't gotcha. have rushed out of the hospital. But I did rush out of the hospital. And then um, when we got home. And you said you were breastfeeding and that was going okay. No, they were like, well, um, she's losing a lot of weight, so we have to um, give her some formula. And I was just like, no, okay. no, no, same thing. I was like, no. Right. I just, I just want it. Like, I just feel like I'm the type of person to picture something a certain way, and I want it that way. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Which is um, what happened. So I didn't get the breath I wanted. I didn't get to breastfeed. I mean, I breastfed, but I didn't get to like, sure. we still gave her formula. Um, you know, I wanted the nursery a certain way. I just had this picture in my head that I wanted it this way. And then it just had to go that way. Mm-hmm. It didn't go that way. Um, which got me a lot of lessons, um, which we'll get into. But sure. Yeah. So sure. I, I got out of the hospital as soon as I got home, as soon as I got home, I had this picture in my head again. I got home I was with my mom and dad and my grandma who were leaving to Puerto Rico. Right. But I got home and like my entire family was there. My entire family was there. Um, so it was kind of overwhelming. Some some kids jumping around, and I just, oh, I, I just gave birth. Everybody was there. It was it was you know it was like it was. I feel like it wasn't what I pictured in my head. So like it was. I'm just sure. telling you all the stressors that I had, all the things that yeah, were happening yeah. back to back. Yeah. Um. So then, um, and of course they they didn't mean anything. No, but you know they wanted to be there. Yeah, but mean anything. But it's a lot after you have a baby to have so many people. It's a lot. Yeah, which yeah. Is, no, of course. Like I, I wanted my family to meet her. Obviously, I wanted mm-hmm. it in my head. Like okay, they're leaving first, so let's you know have like a little intimate thing. But not that I even. Vo- I don't even think I even voiced that at one point at any point. Sure. So like I want this. I just had this picture in my head, and I, you know. So then, um, they, she was here for a week. My parents were here for a week. They left the day that they left. I didn't sleep that entire night. I couldn't sleep. Okay. I just felt like I, I needed to be awake in, in case she was, she needed something. I just felt like I had to do it right. on my own. Like nobody's going to take care of her like me or, you know, kind of thing. And I just had right. a mentality. I was just like, I can't go to sleep. And so right. I didn't really right. go to sleep that night. So that whole night I was awake and uh-huh. then, um, I started having the delusions. Um, so I, I had postpartum. So t- yeah. Tell us. Yes. So tell us about that. When, how did that start? 
So at first it was like, I felt like I was here like sometimes. And then I felt like I wasn't here sometimes. So it was kind of like, um, like a light switch. Like I was, I was here and I was present and I was able to function properly. And then I was manic for a certain amount of maybe hours or something like that. And, um, I would feel feelings and I can remember like thoughts that I was having, but like, it was just very manic. I wanted to buy things. I wanted to, I wanted to go off. Like I wanted to go like run away or like, I don't know, like, like people were watching me. It was just a whole, like very manic, very like just in and out. Like I wasn't in touch with reality at all. Um, right. And then sometimes I would be here and I'd be like, what did I just miss? Like, what did I just miss? Like, listen, like I would, I would write myself notes. I would record myself, tell myself these th- like things like relax, like this is not true or this is not happening or like, you know, try to calm myself down so that I can watch or read these things when I wasn't here. So I could not freak out. Right. Um, which, which I don't even know if that helped or not, but <laughs> that's just what, what I thought in my head would help me. Like, like if I tell myself right. to relax, I'll relax or something, right. you know? Right. Right. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant, free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through, and keeping their delicate skin happy and healthy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick, goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable as the diaper rash itself. Use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel good about making the right choice. Dr. Mom is committed to providing an ultra premium formula for moms who will not settle when it comes to their little ones. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with simple quality ingredients, no artificial dyes or preservatives, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Head to Amazon.com or Walmart.com to grab Dr. Mom Butt Balm because nothing comes between you and your baby, especially not diaper rash. So did you have a sense that something was off? Yeah, so that I had a sense that something was off. I told um, her dad. I showed her the paperwork on I, that we, they gave us from the hospital. Um, postpartum depression, postpartum blues, or baby blues, um, all the things that are there. Um, but psychosis uh-huh. is like a sliver, like this big, like just like mm. a sentence or two, you know, kind of thing. It just wasn't very in depth. So he was just like, "Oh, like it's on your head. Like just like." try to like relax like you have to and then my mom was like oh like be careful because postpartum depression da, da, da. and I was like how do I be careful like, how do I like I can't control like how do I control right. it? and also I'm stressing even more like oh these people think you know these people if they think I can control it then I can probably control it and I feel like I can't right. so I thought about that kind of thing it was just and were you were you hearing voices telling you things I was hearing voices I was hearing alarms I was hearing ambulances I was hearing like it was just hallucinations like just hallucinations um my main main symptom was paranoia I didn't want to I didn't want to go by the window I didn't want to go outside I mm-hmm. felt like they were coming to get my baby coming to take her I, and then at, at to some point where it was like is my baby even here like is she even real is she alive like I haven't seen her like I haven't really yeah I just felt like I wasn't into a reality like I was it was so then the times where I was here and I was like in reality, we're getting shorter and shorter. 
So I was kind of like more manic and more like not here. Mm-hmm. So, um, and were you sleeping at all or no, 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 no. That was for like two days. I didn't sleep. Um, and I was trying to hide all this from my mom. I was like, don't tell my mom. I know what it's like to be a mom now. I know what it's like mm-hmm. to have your kids. Like, don't tell my mom. And, you know, obviously they, they told my mom and she sure. got on a plane, got right back on the plane, came right back. So your mom had left at that point. Yeah, she was already gone. She was already, she was gone. Okay. And then I didn't sleep that one night. And uh-huh. I slept, like, I didn't sleep, I didn't sleep maybe like two or three days. And then she just gotcha. had to come right back because they were telling her that something was definitely wrong. Right. So, like, I heard a few of your podcasts and um, other people's podcasts, and I just feel like a lot of minorities don't get the help that they need because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if it's that they don't believe mental health or, like, you can control mm-hmm. your mental health, you know, like, mm-hmm. if they can fix it with tea or with vin, yeah. and then, yeah. you know, yeah. they feel like yep. people... Um, like you can get your kids taken away if you have this kind of stuff. So we have to hide mm-hmm. this. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, yeah. it's just a lot of, um, so my mom felt she can come back and, um, she can feed me food and she can get me like, get the family around. My family was around. They would always FaceTime me, call me. I wouldn't even, sure. you know, they were trying to support me in any way that they could. Uh-huh. And it was, it was hard for me. It was really, really, really hard for me because they would FaceTime me crying crying and I'm like why are you crying like why are you guys always crying like I'm just in my head like what's going on like what's wrong with me like something like they're crying because of me like I did something what did I do did I hurt someone did I hurt myself did I hurt my baby is I just felt like something that I missed like I missed something because I wasn't fully here so I was like I felt like I missed something so did you ever have any thoughts of hurting your baby me no I didn't but 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 a lot of people do have those thoughts. I, a lot of people do have those violent thoughts. I did have thoughts of like running away or like, I don't know, like, like people were out to get me very, very much paranoia. I didn't have any thoughts of hurting myself, but I did question uh-huh. if I had hurt someone because I wasn't in my brain. I was like, I didn't, I wasn't sure what had happened. So I personally didn't have thoughts of hurting myself or my baby or anything like that. I sure. just like, since I wasn't here, I was just worried as to like, what did I do? What will what, I do what? if I'm alone? Like, don't nobody leave yeah. me alone alone like I couldn't yeah. have to be by someone at all times like somebody had right. to my baby at all times because I just didn't know I didn't know who I was right. I wasn't here, right. here and what was the time period that all of so this this is in the first two weeks that um she was born okay so this is the first two okay weeks. so she, my mom was here for a week she mm-hmm. left two or three days I couldn't sleep she came back okay and she was thinking, I'm going to help her. Yeah, I don't, because yeah. like you said, are they going to take the baby away? Are they going to, you, and our, you know, um, you're in the Hispanic community. I'm in the black community. We have those communities of color. We have those concerns. Like yeah, yeah. is somebody, you know, is CPS going to get involved? Those exactly, kinds of things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and, and even I, I don't, I'm not sure which podcast it was. I just remember people say that minorities get the least amount of help with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm-hmm. and that was running in my head at that time. Like, sure. is this because sure. of like, you know, because of this, like, you know, they sure. think it's, they think it's something that you can just snap out of or, you know, something, you know, be careful mm-hmm. or, you know, try to, control, right. you know, something that you can control, right. which that, right. I just couldn't, you know, it, it was just out of my control completely. I just wasn't me in that, in that time frame. I just wasn't me. Um, and I, and I say that to say like some people, um, do have violent thoughts. Some people act violently in that, in those cases, some people, um, you know, go to jail. Some people do get their kids taken away. You know, some people, it's a scary thing if you don't get the help that you need. 
for this. Absolutely. So my mom Absolutely. Back for a few days and realized uh-huh. she couldn't, it wasn't something that I can control. It wasn't something that she can help. Okay. It wasn't something that anybody okay. around me could help. Okay. So she had, she took me to the hospital. She first, we got a, um, finally, uh, uh, it was like a few days before we could get somebody over zoom to help me, like to uh-huh. diagnose me, um, right. something. And she was like, she has psychosis. You have to take her to the hospital. Like you have to. So was this, was this the midwife or was this? No, a- no, 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 no. We went to the doctor for the, for the, for a checkup. We went to the midwife mm-hmm. checkup and, um, the doctor that did my cesarean was there and he was just like, prescribed me some kind of medication, some kind of mood stabilizer or something like that. And so that wasn't enough. Like, you know, that wasn't going that I, we didn't think that was going to help. Like we didn't think, I don't, I don't even know if I even took it at any point, but we just were like, no, like that's, that's not the solution that we need basically. So she was like, when the, when the psychiatrist told me that, uh, needed to go to the hospital, that's when she was like, okay, we have to take her. We have to take her. And so, you, so you were able to find a psychiatrist who saw you over Zoom? Yes. That's pretty impressive. It, no, actually. it was. It really, really, yeah. really was impressive. It really was. It was, uh, it was days before we could. It was, they were searching and searching and searching and searching for somebody that would take payment, just payment. Like, I'll pay you in full. Like, here, I'll pay you in full. Can you see her right now? It was very, very hard. And, and giving the symptoms or telling people the symptoms that I had, they were kind of just like, Oh, take it to the hospital. But they were just like, well, let's, you know, let's see if we can, you know, let's see if we can speak. Cause I, I kind of felt like I wanted to speak. I just, when I had that, when I had the psychosis, I was just spilling my guts. Everything came out, like everything, traumas, like every single thing that's ever happened to me, basically like just came out in that moment. And um, a lot of people say that psychosis, that this postpartum, this type of postpartum breaks up marriages, breaks up families, because right. it's just a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff goes right. on right. that you right. can't control. So the psychiatrist saw you and was like, take her to the hospital right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then my mom, um, yeah, they took me and I was admitted and I was in there for six days. Um, in the psychiatric unit in the hospital. So you have to enter through the hospital. And you have uh-huh. to kind of wait for, first of all, a COVID test. Second of all, um, a room to open up, I guess. Um, so I was in a hallway at the hospital for I don't know how long. It felt like I was there for days. I don't know how long it was. Right. I was in a hallway on a, on a hospital bed, lined up with some right. people that were also in a hospital bed, waiting for my COVID results to come back. Um, so I was just kind of like going, like, people would walk by and I'd be like, do you believe in reincarnation? And like just random things, like some things that would just go on in my head. It was just, I was, you know, I wasn't here. It, it wasn't was, me. It was yeah. me in my head because I couldn't do anything or go anywhere. I was just on this little bed, just my right. just running wild in my head, basically waiting for these results. Right. I finally got the results back and they put me in a room. I think they injected me with like B12 or something, like some kind of like energy to give you some energy to, you know, see, if, I don't know what they, I don't even know. Like, and they were giving me, um, my thyroid medication and I think they gave me mood stabilizers. Yeah. Okay. I was in the bed for, I don't know how long as well. I don't know how, like this, I was in there for six days. I don't know what part was what, but, sure. um, I got a roommate and she was like, Hey, like, why don't you let me take you on a tour? Like there's phones. You can make a phone call. And I was just like, no, 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 I'm scared. I'm scared. I can't, I can't, I can't. She was like, just come, just come. She grabbed me by the hand. She's like, just come. Just, it's fine. It's fine. She took me to the phones and I called my sister 
And I don't know how many days I've been in there now. It's been a few days. But um, I call my sister, and she's like, I'm actually here. Like, I dropped some clothes off for you. And I was like, you're here? Well, I want to see you. Like, I want to see you. Like, are you like, are you really here? Or are you like, or am I hallucinating? Like, because, you know, I just, I went through some crazy thoughts. So I'm like, uh-huh. is this real? Is this real? Like, if you're really here, I want to see you now. She's like, well, you, I can't see you. You know, it's COVID. Like, I can't see you. So, um, so she was like, do you have a window? And I was like, thinking, and I was like, thinking, and I was like, wait, yeah, there's a huge window, um, where in my room. And mm-hmm. when I look out that window, I remember that, that that's where she dropped me off at. I, for some reason, right. I'm in psychosis, but I remember that you dropped me off there. So, um, go there and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll come over there and I'll see. I dropped the phone. I just dropped the phone. I didn't even hang it up. I didn't even hang it up. I just dropped it and I ran to my room. And when I saw her around the corner, my sight, every ounce of psychosis that I had left my body. It just, everything just flooded back. Like everything was just like, just like, like, I just felt me again. Like, I just felt like I was confused like, when I saw her. Like, right. like, this is like, she's really here. I really hear her voice. Like, I don't hear anything but her voice. Like, everything is just, I'm just like, I was, right. that was it. Right. And then after that, you felt like yourself. Just like myself ever since then. And I was a year ago. Dang. Which is a really, really interesting story because a lot of people don't come back from it right away. Right. A lot of people don't come back from it at all. A lot of people have it and then they, they realize, you know, they have like, episodes, sure. you know, or, you know, they take some months, they have to be on medication for months. Right. So, um, I choose to believe that I was very, very lucky. Um, but I did have a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people praying for me, a lot of people, um, coming to visit me at the hospital. Um, a lot of people just came to see me at the window. My baby came to see me at the window. Right. It was, um, luckily I had the support that I, I had and, um, I got the help that I needed. Sure. Sure. But you got the help you needed. So you were there for six days and then were you on medication afterwards? Yeah. So I was on medication for six months afterwards. They decreased it every month. Uh-huh. Um, it was just, they were mood stabilizers, uh-huh. but at a very low dose because I was, um, breastfeeding. Sure. And then did you have a history of depression or anxiety or anything? I've never had any history of mental health, nor does anybody in my family. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Wow. Do you, do you, do you continue to see a psychiatrist or do you feel like now things are in a good place? I was seeing a psychiatrist for this, for those six months that I was on medication. Mm-hmm. And I was also seeing a therapist who specializes in psychosis. Um, and I still see her. I still see her just because therapy is good for everyone, obviously. But and that's the truth. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been seeing her uh, this whole time, and I'm right. with you. Um, she's really right. I mean, and then when you look back, like it's just interesting to me, like how you knew something was wrong, and you were like in and out of yourself, and just like it's just. I mean, oh, and I just knew, and I said it from the moment I felt it. I remember the, the exact moment I felt it. Um, I remember that my my baby's father gave me my meds, my meds for my C-section. We just had a C-section. Uh, my whatever, my Tylenol or whatever I was drinking, yeah, right. softener, that kind of stuff. And I was just like, I, I don't trust it. Like I don't want to take these pills. Like I don't. Something right. telling me not to take these pills. Something is telling me that you're like. I don't know, like, that you're trying to poison me or something. Like, I just felt, like, in my head, like, no, like, this is weird. This is weird. And ever since then, I told him, I was like, I didn't take those meds. 
they're on the counter because I don't want to take them. Like something's not right. Like something doesn't feel right. And he was just like watching me ever since. And then when we went to the doctor for the checkup and he told, he, he told the psychiatrist or the, the doctor that did my cesarean that I wasn't feeling right. I said something was wrong. And he prescribed me that stuff. But I was in the doctor's office and I was texting him and I was like, something's not right. Like so they're, they're, they're trying to take my baby. Like, some, like when I got into that doctor's office, I knew something was wrong. Like I was just like, no, 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 don't leave my side. Like he can't leave me. And because of COVID, he couldn't come in and, Right. something's not right there was actually a doctor there, or a nurse there who was Colombian she was Spanish too and she was like oh you're such a strong Hispanic woman like you know like you're very very strong and hard headed I, I know how how Hispanics are um, and she was just like hinting at like you need you know if you need help if you need anything sure. say that like it's okay to be strong and ask for help right right just hinting at that and I was just like she knows something's wrong. Like they know, like they're going to take me or they're going to take my baby. Like it was just, that's where it went, all went downhill. And it was just 24 seven watch from there. <laughs> they were just like, Oh my gosh. Something's not right here. So, and, um, even through all of that, even after leaving uh, to the hospital for six months, I was still able to breastfeed after, and I'm still <laughs> breastfeeding after. Oh, look at you. I'm just so proud of it. Like, I'm just so happy about it. Like, I can still, like, I left to the hospital for six days, didn't pump, didn't do anything. My boobs were this big, leaking all over a, a hospital gown. Like, it was just oh so bad. And right. I'm still able to breastfeed, and she's healthy, and I'm healthy. Sure. It's so perfect ever since. Like, there's nothing you know, nothing, no, not even an ounce of like, Oh, did I just hear a voice or anything? Right, 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 right. Wow. As an OBGYN and podcast host, I'm excited to share a resource that empowers mothers and mothers to be in managing their pelvic floor and core health. It's called informed pregnancy plus, and it offers access to essential workshops that can significantly enhance your understanding and care of your body during and after pregnancy. Discover the Core Connection, a foundational five-episode series by Natalie Headings, a pre-postnatal exercise specialist. This series covers the basics of pelvic floor health, teaches key postural adjustments, and shows you how to activate your core properly. For a more comprehensive experience, check out Mindful Movement. This premium series provides in-depth content, including practical exercises and personalized strategies to strengthen your body. It's like having a pelvic health expert in your home. You can try the full subscription streaming library of Informed Pregnancy Plus absolutely free. Visit informedpregnancy.tv to start an empowered journey toward a healthier motherhood. Take this step for your health, your body, and your baby will thank you. So I guess, you know, this recent story of the woman who maybe had postpartum psychosis and killed her children, like when you hear stories like that, what is, how does that make you feel? Well, I really want to talk about this. I really want to talk about this really bad. <laughs> I was, um, I feel like when I got out of the hospital, um, and I had just put my family through so, so, so much, I had to put on this brave face, like nothing just like nothing happened. I didn't, I feel like I didn't get to deal with what I went through. Hmm. And then I start, then I saw a video, um, of what happened with her, with this woman. She was a nurse. She had three kids and her husband left for 25 minutes to get takeout. And she strangled her kids. Um, and then she tried to jump out of, uh, or she did jump out of a, a balcony. Uh-huh. 
um, she didn't die from that or anything. And she had postpartum psychosis. She was actually actively getting help for that. Mm-hmm. Wasn't I think I don't think she was in you know obviously she was home, so right. I don't think right. she was admitted or anything like that. But um, it's just so it just hit me so hard. It just hit me so hard that that could have been me. Not that I had mm. thoughts or anything, but right. you know you just never know. And then I just see people like, how could you do that to your kids? And how could anybody do this? And I'm just mm-hmm. kind of like, it's not her. Like, it's not her. Like, it wasn't her. She, she wasn't there. That wasn't her. And then right. to think that she's going to come back to herself, because this is only temporary. This only lasts like a year, or max a year. She's going to come back and she's going to realize what she did. You know what I'm saying? And it's just going to be so, so, so hard. Like, yeah. she's going to be prosecuted and all kind of stuff. And it just, mm-hmm. it was just so mm-hmm. hard. Like, it was so hard to see that story. It's so hard to see the comments that people made about that. And right. so hard to realize, like, that happened to me. Right. It was, you know, like, it, I really, like, really, really want to raise awareness about postpartum psychosis because sure. it's so rare. Right. You know, there's not enough research on it. People don't talk about it enough because it is so rare, but it's so uh, important. It's such a medical emergency. Absolutely. And yeah. it has to be treated right away, right away. And if you don't, bad things can happen. And I'm, I'm so, so blessed that that wasn't, that didn't happen to me. But yeah. Yeah. Well, how, how do you feel about having more children? So my mom is like, you want more kids? Are you crazy? Like, I, no, I don't think you should. I'm like, I want more kids. I feel like, um, like I said, I wanted, I feel like my, my, a lot of things, a lot of things happened to me that, um, played a part into why I got the psychosis. And I feel like, um, I've learned so, so much from it. Um, Mm -hmm. main thing being, you know, let go of this perfect picture that you have in your head. If things don't go that way, it's okay. It's okay. Right. You know, right. Just right. go with the flow, relax. Right. Um, it's very, very important to be stress-free in your third trimester. Right. Um, so, well, in every trimester, but mainly, <laughs> I feel like mainly your third, you need to be getting rest. You need to be not, you know, reorganizing a nurse for Sure. sure. Focus on <laughs> what, your, what your body is about to go through. Sure. Sure. And, sure. and for... A C-section, even if that wasn't your plan. <laughs> yes, that is true. That even crossed my mind ever in a million uh-huh. years. Never, never. Yeah. I was just yeah. like, that will never happen. So it's fine. Like, right. Not even a thought ran through my head. Like, mm-hmm. I might have a C-section. No. Yeah. 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 And then, have you connected with anybody else who has had postpartum psychosis? Um, Not specifically, but I am in okay. a group, in a psychosis group where, yeah, just a lot of people on there who had it and who don't. I don't know. Like the first post that I saw when I joined the group was, does anybody actually really get over postpartum psychosis? And I'm just like, mm. people don't get over this. Like people really like linger, like that kind of lingers sometimes. Like if you're not careful, if you're not, right. you know, like if you're not actively looking to, to, you know, so, but they're, you know, they give suggestions on ways on how to prevent it. And, um, you know, being stress free, um, medicating yourself before you give the birth because you know you have it already. So I feel like I definitely would have kids. I would just take very, very precautions. Sure. I'm going sure. to take off sure. work like trimester two. I'm not going to work. I'm just going to relax. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just 
be as bossy as I can. Gotcha. 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 Just a little inch (laughs) down. Well, then as we wrap up then, what would be your favorite absolute piece of advice that you would give to anyone listening? Check on your friends. Check on your family. Mm. Check on everyone that has recently given birth. Check on them. Ask them if they need anything. You know, even if it's an hour of sleep, if you can watch the baby for one hour, you know, just to just to have them sleep or relax or something, get them out of the house, you know, invite them somewhere or. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being so open about sharing your story. I, I It's just really important for people to hear about this and understand and know, um, you know, that this happens and that you can come back from it. I think that's really important <laughs> to, to know. You can come back from it. As long as you're actively working on things that need to change within yourself or, you know, drink your prenatals and, yeah, <laughs> and, and just to be, just to be aware of it. Cause it was I think like, what I want to get out of this, you know, talking about this is more awareness on this because it is, it's an emergency. And so I feel like it's, people around the people that are giving birth also need to know about this. Everybody needs to know about this because it could be you or a loved one of yours that you, you think is going through depression, postpartum depression. And it's not that, you know, it's not just as easy as, Oh, you know, go outside or take it, you know, like whatever, you know, it's, it's different. It's different from postpartum depression. People don't even know. And that I, I had never heard it framed like this. And I think that's a really, really important. This is a true medical emergency. Like, you know, we think of things like bleeding or, you know, all of those things in emergency. We don't necessarily think of mental health crises as an emergency, but this really is a true emergency. You know, like there, there's people out there that have had this, that have violent thoughts to hurt anybody themselves or mm-hmm. to anybody. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Luckily I had, if I didn't have people around me, you know what I'm saying? Like who knows what would have happened if I didn't have the support around me, if it was just me and my baby home mm-hmm. alone, like who knows what could have happened to me? Because once I had it, I didn't even want to look at her. I didn't want to hold her. I was just like, somebody take care of her because I'm, I'm busy trying to not be crazy. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I just feel like people, everybody should be aware of this because it could happen to you. It could happen to anybody. Anybody that doesn't suffer has never had a history of mental health. It could happen to anybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate you coming on. No problem. Thank you for having me. Wow. Wasn't that an incredible story? I'm so glad that she is doing well today and that Mary Ellis is happy and healthy and um, was able to fully recover from her postpartum psychosis. And I so appreciate her coming on to share her story today and raise awareness about this important topic. Now, you know, after every episode, I do something called Dr. Nicole's Notes, where I talk about my top takeaways from the conversation. And my Dr. Nicole's Notes are going to be a little bit longer in this episode, because first, I want to share a little bit about postpartum psychosis. So postpartum psychosis is relatively rare. It occurs in about one to two per 1,000 births. However, 4 million women have babies every year in the U.S., so that actually translates into about 4,000 cases a year of postpartum psychosis, most which we don't hear about. That risk increases with certain risk factors. The risk is higher for women who have a previous history of postpartum psychosis. It goes up to one in seven births. The risk is higher in women who have a history of bipolar disorder. It's one in four births. 
And if a woman has a history of bipolar disorder and a family history of postpartum psychosis, those women actually have a one in two chance of having postpartum psychosis. Postpartum psychosis is most often seen in patients that have been or will be diagnosed with bipolar disorder, but it can also occur in women who have a history of major depression disorder, schizophrenia, or schizoaffective disorder. And there is a good subset of women who experience isolated postpartum psychosis that does not progress to mood or psychotic episodes outside of the postpartum time period. And that's what it seems like Mary Ellis had. Now, psychosis, to be clear, is a disturbance in an individual's perception of reality. And it can be manifested through one or more of the following ways. One is delusions. And delusions are fixed, false beliefs, okay? And delusions in postpartum psychosis typically involve delusions surrounding the baby. Over half, about 53% of women with postpartum psychosis have delusions like their baby is ill-fated or their baby is the devil or someone is going to take their baby away. People also have hallucinations, which are sensory experiences without actual sensory stimulation. So you can feel things, hear things, see things, taste things, that smell things even that aren't actually there. Psychosis also involves thought disorganization and disorganized behavior. Now, most commonly, it presents within two weeks of childbirth and persistent, severe insomnia. So more than just like not being able to get enough sleep before you have when you have a new baby, It's, it's persistent and it's severe insomnia that's actually not related to caring for the newborn. So the newborn pieces can be fine without much issue, but you're still having persistent severe insomnia. That is often the first indication of of impending postpartum psychosis, okay? So persistent severe insomnia is often the first indication. Interestingly, that seemed to happen in Mary Ellis's case as well. Now, there is also an increased risk of suicide and postpartum psychosis as well um, as homicidal behavior, although actually homicidal behavior is rare. So the suicide uh, risk increases as high as 11% in women with a first episode of postpartum psychosis. And then regarding homicide, approximately 4% of women with postpartum psychosis have been found to commit infanticide or or kill their children. So thankfully not very common. Now, the next point that I want to mention is that I want to reiterate this because this is something that I don't think we say a lot of in the medical profession. And honestly, it is not going to be your OBGYN who diagnoses you with postpartum Um, psychosis. If it happens within the first two weeks, which is most common, um, it's, you are very likely not to see your OBGYN for six weeks postpartum. So it very well may be your pediatrician. In the case of Mary Ellis, they had to find another healthcare provider who was able to diagnose her. I don't know how they were able to find a psychiatrist to do a Zoom appointment that quickly, but thank goodness they did uh, because it probably saved her life. But I want to highlight that this is a medical emergency, all right? We don't often think of psychiatric things as being medical emergencies, but this is a really true medical emergency that needs prompt attention. 
So if you see someone around you, if you yourself are having difficulties, then get help quickly because it is a true medical emergency. And I totally get the hesitation potentially about seeking out mental health, especially in communities of color. I am not making it up. This isn't like some, oh, you're worried for no reason that CPS may be involved, Child Protective Services. There are ample studies that show that uh, black folks and brown folks have uh, CPS called or involved in their care more than white people. So I totally get that hesitation for those of you who are from those communities of color, but this is a real true medical emergency and you want to get help for sure. And, you know, I wish I had a better sense, or I I hope we get to a point within obstetrics care that we are the ones who are checking in on folks more frequently. Um, but know that it probably, but know that it's probably not going to be your OBGYN who diagnoses you with this, because typically you're not going to be seen for six weeks. And this is going to happen within the first couple weeks after birth. And then the final thing I want to say is she talked about, Marielle has talked about how the stress of the nursery or the stress of how she didn't, she couldn't anticipate or wasn't prepared at all for the possibility of a C-section, how those things may have weighed into her um, experience. We don't know what causes postpartum psychosis. And actually there isn't evidence that stressful life events lead to postpartum psychosis. But I do think stressful life events can contribute to depression. They can contribute to your overall mental health. And in the case of birth, one of the ways to, of course, decrease the perception of stressful things is to understand what possible things can occur and be prepared for that possibility. Arming yourself with more information is not going to manifest tragedy. It just helps you to be in a better spot to deal with the ups and downs of things that may happen during your birth. Of course, listening to this podcast is a great way of doing that. But there are other things like childbirth education or reading books. Of course, you can check out the resources I have. You can come join me in the birth preparation course, you know, drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. But please educate yourself and prepare yourself for these possibilities to kind of decrease that. I'm not going to say it's going to decrease the stress or well, and maybe it will actually, but it'll certainly help you deal with it better when you're more prepared for the possible things that may occur. All right. So there you have it. Do me a solid, share this podcast with a friend. Sharing is caring and everyone needs to hear about this topic in particular. Also be sure to be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to me right now. And let me know what you think about the podcast. Leave me, leave me a review in Apple podcast, or in this particular episode, shoot me a DM on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rankins. I love to hear what you think about the show. And again, make sure you're prepared for birth. Head to my website, drnicolerankins.com. I have tons of resources there. Follow me on Instagram for more information. Just find sources that you trust to help you be prepared and ready for your birth. All right, so that's it for this episode. Do come on back next week and remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.